The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to another episode of UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I joke around and chit-chat, and we have the great John Anik on today. Jaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Oh, the whole thing went already? Yeah, yeah. Matt was just had no on. headphones on. I can't hear anything. Matt is snacking. He has oh, a... Uh, my volume was down. Matt, I was snacking. Matt has a uh, a baked sock <laughs> and checking that he's my, eating. And checking my text. Oh, you mean my protein cookie? That cookie is shit. I know. He gave me a bite of his cookie because I'm fattening up this week on purpose. I'm done Thursday. But I had a bite of this protein cookie. It was abominable. Flaky and awful. You know what I ate this morning that sucked... What, Jimmy? These Chick-fil-A, they didn't suck, but these Chick-fil-A's oh. biscuit sandwiches. I hate biscuits. I love, can I say something? Biscuits blow. No, nah, I'll throw a fucking, uh, a warm biscuit on the floor and I'll fucking step on it. I'm not a big fan of biscuits No, either. they're like slippers. You know what I, you know what I do enjoy? Men? Spi- uh, sorry. <laughs> you know what I do enjoy, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm just going to ignore you. Is, uh... The spicy chicken sandwich from fucking Chick-fil-A. It's fucking delicious. It's the best spicy. I lo- I'm not even endorsed by them. I used to be a big... All right, people, settle settle down with the spicy chicken sandwich. But they get excited. Um, I used to like uh, Wendy's as the my favorite spicy chicken sandwich. Jim, don't. Now you're just being rude. I'm listening people, to The people at home don't know that you're looking down at your phone. <laughs> what am I going to turn to Christopher Dewey? I hear everything you're saying. You're well, talking early about a Chick-fil-A for that. spicy <laughs> Sorry, sandwich. Chris. I'm with you. Well, I used to think Wendy's was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with okay? you. Okay? Sure. But then I tried the... Um, the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken with the pepper jack. Sure. I, mean, I don't want to lose the audience. But Why I'm not? just saying, listen, oh, on, on the same to- topic, a uh, good friend of the show and my good buddy Ray Longo was with his wife. Uh, they were at Mohegan Sun over the weekend. A, a fan came up to him and goes to, now get this, guys. <laughs> get, get this. They, the girl goes up to him and she goes, uh, oh, uh, could you do me a favor? And he goes, oh, what do you want? Could you tell Matt Sarah to, to, to lose some weight? <laughs> Do you believe this, Jimmy? Oh, my God. Jimmy, do you believe this? It was Matt's wife that approached me. It was my wife. No, that's not my... No. Fucking Jimmy. She's a... I think... I told you. My wife might be a chubby chaser, but... Some some. Listen. Some... I go, what? I go... I go, what was your response? I go, what'd you even... I'll tell him. He goes, oh... He goes, I don't know. I go, what? I gotta see what he said. 
I, you know, yeah. What he said, I don't know. I got we kind of he kind of threw it in at the end of a conversation. No one ever gets mad when their friend gets thrown under a bus. Like, like I would never get mad if someone talks shit, shit about my friend, made fun of him. But it's like the girl just came up specifically and it's said, silly. "Can you do me a favor? You know, could you tell Is Matt Sarah to lose some him? weight?" No, I don't think. I think she was being a um, what's the word, bitch. Uh, yeah, a little bit stronger, than, yeah, but yeah. less than the C. A twat. Okay. I wasn't going to go for the C word. She was being a, a goose. She was being an ass. She was being, listen, she ain't rude. Yeah. You know, if I want to be a little chubby, you know, I can still take Kimura's and my wife loves she me. She was being like, condescending. Condescending fan. It was a condescending fan uh, is what it was. Cool, we can say that, right? Good. Can we get, so. <laughs> hope we don't get in trouble. I don't know. But anyway, I, I hope she fucking, you know, runs into a wall or something. But anyway. Other than that, I get a lot of positive stuff. Did you check out the fights this weekend? How was I, your weekend, I, I, by the it? It was good. I was in Minneapolis and I was in Madison, Wisconsin. I had great gigs. Ooh. And then I come home and I attempt. I've been eating like a pig to put weight on. And why, Jimmy? Get up? I told you I'm shooting something on Thursday. So um, that cookie is enraging,ly dry. Am I am I chopping into the? Clothes? No, 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 no. Looking at it. <laughs> Could you take my phone, and that please? biscuit this morning, it cements on your teeth. It's like it, it tastes like paste. I hate biscuits. Yeah, biscuits fucking. You were telling me about your stink. weekend. You going back to the fucking biscuits? Are you? You're horrified by these biscuits? Yes, I am. Try the spicy chicken sandwich. I might. It's good. I know. What is that? The spicy chicken sandwich? Yeah, it's delicious. It is fucking delicious. So yeah, the weekend was good. Out. I ate like a hog. I literally was car sick. I was eating. I was. I ate so much sugar and salt. The inside of my body was itching. Yeah. Itching. I went to I went for a um, a walk in Eisenhower Park with uh, for the um, for leukemia for one, uh, this um, this girl from my uh, kids' dance school, the friend of the family, um, uh, Aaliyah. She she came down with leukemia, so we did one of those walk with the lanterns and stuff. So it was you know with the family, and so that was that was on our on our Saturday. So I had to do that during the fights. So I had to catch up with the fights afterwards, and then on uh, Sunday I went pumpkin picking. Fuck. Fuck! I want to. F- I want to jump right underneath the freaking uh, Why, enjoy tractor <laughs> with Why? the hayride. I we went to with listen, the kids, right? I we should have went to the White Post Farms, which was a better place. We went to this other one because I don't. We were like, oh, it's only a couple hours. That's open. There's a place out east, and it was just fucking ghetto fabulous. I didn't like it. It was. I think it was free to get in, so it was like just we, there was no pumpkins left by the time we got there. <laughs> you get a nice pumpkin? No, we didn't get shit. We went there, we went for a walk by the cornfields, and I go, listen, let's get the hell out of here. This might be, this like, it felt like the warriors with, with pumpkins around. We had to fight our way back to the car. No, it was really bad. Huh? No, it just was, it was just, you know, I don't know. You so there's a guy with three little pumpkins on his fingers. <laughs> come out and play. Sarah's, come out and play. Yeah. No, I wanted to get Sorry about that, Sarah's. <laughs> Good going, ballers. I don't know. Who was that woman that did the announcing on the Warriors? She's famous. Uh, Robin Quivers. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, but who is it? I do know I her name. Know what? I have no clue, but I love the Warriors. Corny as it is, you know, I do I do love Why? It. You don't believe that a bunch of guys in roller skates and Yankee outfits are bigger, no, a big you, gang? You, you can't be. No, now you're you're messing it up because you're putting the guys with the roller skates the, uh, combined with the, uh, the, the baseball. The Furies, fucking, sorry. Yeah, you can't. The baseball you're, Furies, you're, you're, you're right. You're, you're mixing them together. You're right, I did. I put the baseball Worlds Furies. Worlds are colliding. Makeup. A lot of gangs put makeup on before they go out. Did you did you watch the fights when they happened or no? Yes. It throws me off when when it's in the afternoon. I, I didn't know. mind it. I would have loved it if I didn't have shit to do. Till fights like wow. Connor a little bit. Do Doesn't he have that same uh, body mannerisms and posture and the same uh, 
I'll tell you. The same way of, of, of kind of dropping his hands and the way he punches. Very interesting fight. Accurate. Accurate. He's a, he's a big dude for a welterweight. He said he's a light heavyweight fighting as a welterweight. I like when he says that. I, like I mean, everybody that. walks around heavier than no, that but fight. He's, but he was, uh, talk about confident. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cowboy from the get-go looked a little... Jorge Masvidal. What do you think it was? Like, he looked like... It reminded me with his fight with Jorge Masvidal when he got bullied right off the bat. What do you think it was? I don't... It could just be Till's that good. Or it could be... You know, it could be a lot of things, obviously. Cowboys fought good guys, though. Do you think he wasn't prepared? Because he said something on Instagram. Did you read what he said on Instagram? That is not... Go ahead. I'm going to read it. Read it for me and everybody listening. He wrote, uh, One hell of a job, Darren Till. Safe to say you broke the fuck out of my nose. I don't make excuses, nor will I ever. You had a great game plan and executed it perfectly. I did not overlook nor take you lightly. So again, congratulations. Now, did Till say that Cowboy took him lightly? Before that, though, I'm sorry if I put the cookie in my mouth. Wow, what's wrong with that? Uh, You enjoy that chocolate suck. I'm done with this cookie. I, this, this is actually not it's good at awful. all. It's awful. It's a really, terrible cookie, it's man. It's not good, Jimmy. I'm finally eating treats, and Matt brings me a horrible treat. I know. It, it, Jim, it, you it, want some of my underwear? I'd rather bring in your boxers on Wednesday. I'll eat them before I eat that cookie. Listen, that that, that, that shouldn't be called. That, that's offensive to a cookie. It sure it is. It shouldn't be called a cookie. No. It should be called shit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm lost. Where were we? You were asking Cowboy if the leading up to the fight did. Oh, oh yeah, know. but he also mentioned, I will never make an excuse Wait, I don't make excuses. Nor- what are you saying about the excuses? He said, I-, I won't make an excuse. There's no excuse. Uh, yeah, but but that usually means there's an excuse. <laughs> right, so read it again. Can you please read that uh, part again? I'll make Chris read it. He says, I don't, don't make excuses, nor will I ever. Ah! He said, you That's a- when you go, huh? Then again, he said, you had a great game plan and you stuck to it. All <laughs> right. So listen, he's giving him respect. I'm not stalling. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he seems he's to be. He's being a good, a good, um, a good non-winner. He yes. seems to be a good loser there. He's, well, uh, don't call him a loser. Jimmy, don't call him a loser. Well, he lost the fight. So I know. I'm fucking with you. When the fight was going to That's going to be the headline tomorrow. <laughs> Jimmy Cole's cowboy loser. No, the fucking, the headline will be cowboy puts shin in Jim Norton's teeth. <laughs> and they'll all go, oh, cowboy. Who? Whose teeth? <laughs> uh, when the fight was first announced, Cowboy said he didn't know who Darren Till was, so maybe that kind maybe of factored didn't. into that. Yeah, he, he didn't, but maybe you could read it as disrespect, whatever. But well, it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you're Darren Till, you're like what? Right. But I mean, listen, you know, who knows how much Cowboy's watching? He guys doing twenty different extreme sports. Guys, right? I mean, who knows what that guy's doing? Yeah. You, I mean, listen, he enjoys fighting. I don't know how much he enjoyed that fight, but he very accurate Darren Till. <clears throat> yeah, very. You know? Right? Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, when he was landing him, it was like, it was like a sharpshooter. Yeah. He was, and he was very, very light on his feet. I mean, he's a problem. I like Cowboy little, got stuffed on a takedown immediately. Oh, oh what did you think? Uh, what did you think of all the act? The, I, I thought it was funny that the ref actually stopped the act. I'd never seen that before. The ref stops the action. For the And he's like, fight? what do you say to, um, to I'm sorry, which fight was this? You're that way, that was I'm way, oh, I, I fucked up. Andre right Feely, there, Con, it's totally I'm different. So, I totally fucked up. Yeah, I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking of the ref stopping a fight. For, we, let's not to jump all over. The yeah, place. one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. Let's still talk about Darren Till. Then we'll get to that. Connor. Sure. Darren Till was very good. I, I think what you're thinking about is that there was a Mike Perry. Mm-hmm. That's conflict. what I was going to yeah. get into. Yes, go ahead. I love Mike Perry, man. I do too. He's right there, and they had him there on purpose. You don't just fly the guy to Poland for no reason. Obviously, it was to to be there. Well, I mean, he's also got a, a tough fight in front of him. Winnipeg. When is the Ponzinibbio fight? Uh, I want to say December 16th. See, that's the difference between a guy like Mike Perry, uh, who does interviews. A lot of these fighters that don't do interviews, and if you don't do interviews or you cancel interviews, 
I have no fucking mercy for you yes. when, when your pay-per-view numbers are shit. Yeah. Good. Fuck That's yeah. what you get. You don't want to promote. You don't want to fucking talk the fight up. No one cares. It's too competitive. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out of your way. DJ, Demetrius Johnson, does not talk shit. But you know what he does? He does interviews. Shit, yeah. He shows up for his interviews. He's a fucking pro. Yuanian Jacek doesn't talk a lot of shit. She talks a little shit. But you know what? She does interviews. Now, I don't know if Rose is doing them this time around, but she does press. Right. Fighters think, that don't do press. Under, I think there's something underneath the surface here, Jimmy. Fighters that don't do press. No, I'm just saying, You're I, I like Mike Perry because yeah. you know what? The guy's out there and he's making you interested in him as a fighter. Yeah. He's a good fighter. He, has a, he hits really hard, but Mike Perry is making you want to watch him fight. He's, right. he's, he's right. an interesting character, too. He's an interesting character. He's in there. You know, he's fighting Ponzinibbio, who is, again, a fight that I was screaming for. Uh, they, they, I have it. They're going to fight. But you know what he's doing? He's already setting up conflict with Darren Till. Right. He's already made you want to go fuck. And you know what that does? That makes me want to watch Darren Till fight him after this cowboy thing. Right. Damn Those are right two guys does. that fucking get it. Well, yeah, and Darren Till, that's the thing. Darren Till made it possible for Mike Perry yeah. to jump up because he said, I was supposed to fight this guy, whatever, and then they ran to each other at the cage. But here's the problem. I watched it on a bit of a delay. I said I watched it live. It might have been an hour delay because of work. I was, doing, I was working right. on this role. And I, t I open, I put it on live, and I see Darren Till going, yeah, but he looked good against Cowboy. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I know what happened. No, I see Mike Perry saying that. So I'm like, all right, I guess Till won. But I went back and watched it. But you know what? Mike Perry is making himself a guy you want to watch. Mike Perry's a smart dude. He's a really, besides being a good fighter, he's a smart dude. Um, so hats off to him. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. I know Tony Ferguson was given his black belt or earned his black belt. Oh. Bravo. But you know he's a guy. That's that you, are you kidding me? That's huge, man. That, that's yeah, I mean, black belt. That is from true. Eddie Bravo. But I he mean, did cancel. Is, uh, he did cancel press on us twice. Well, I mean, listen, a black belt from Eddie Bravo is a, is a huge thing. But he did cancel press on us twice. You're gonna have to do it. Can't can't oh, it. Is, is it out of reach? Yeah, I'm a little guy, man. I got short arms. Fuck it. So say it again. What'd you say? He yeah, canceled on us twice. <laughs> oh, wait, I should do that one, but I'm just gonna. Ah, right, now it's too late. I, I built it up. <laughs> I hey, built it up. Good job. And I hesitated, and now I can't press the boo button on yeah, Tony Ferguson. The reason being, he gave me a nice tweet. He did yeah, give he me did. a nice tweet. He did. All right. That's cool. So, I'm not saying he's not a great guy, and I want to see him fight Connor very, very badly. I, I, I think Tony Ferguson is tremendous. I think he's like yeah. an interesting. Dude. Yes, he's, a he's very, awesome. Like, he's a little like out, people say weird. I don't, I don't like the word weird because he's a I don't know. I don't really know what normal is because I think normal is kind of a made up word. But well, he's a little out. What normal? Normal is not good. Normal? Normal's not, normal, is. normal's not good or bad. It's just the norm. Like what? here's an example. It's a weird example. But in Nazi Germany, if you were a Nazi soldier who shot people randomly, that was normal. That was the norm. It's not good, but right. the norm is just kind of what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, if you're five seven and you're say 140 pounds, that's normal. You, 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 like it just it's what everyone kind of does, but it's not a judgment on being so right I or wrong. You're calling me a freak. No, okay, I, absolutely not. Now I wasn't referring to you at all. <laughs> I'm, not five, I'm, I'm thinking of just. I'm on the five seven. I didn't mean you. I'm just saying guys that are like I'm wide. You're very powerful. All right, Jimmy. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like the normal is not a good yeah. or bad thing. It's just kind yeah. of what's common. You know what? What? But the even normal? those normal guys. What are they whacking off to? Huh? Huh? Not, then who's normal not, or abnormal? Not what I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking if that's the norm i don't even know what to say who knows what it is yeah i, I don't know, know jimmy but i hey listen congratulations though to uh Thanks. Oh. The, to tony ferguson for that yeah, okay, absolutely Dude, he's a fucking jedi he's or maybe a, great, a sith because he's a, a great fighter he's a wonderful fighter and congratulations to darren till for putting himself on the map cowboy just fights every fucking two months I mean, he cowboy just likes to fight every three months are we gonna talk about uh i know what i want to talk about what i tried i'm yawning 
What are you talking about? I want to talk about something that I really haven't seen before. Oh, this is exciting. Now I don't know what you're getting going at. Blahovic versus Clark. Am I saying the name right, Chris? Are you going to scream uh, at me? No, that was right. Yeah, Jan Blahovic. Uh, yeah. Jan Blahovic. Okay, just, talk to me. I say it wrong every time. That's all right. Me too. Uh, I want to say it was in the second round. Uh, or was it the first? It was uh, Blahovic. Uh, Blahovic. A, uh, he caught Clark in a standing. Uh, rear naked choke standing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a bulldog choke, I guess. It's it was like, so weird. Like he, uh, they, they were up against the cage. In, in, in the way you've seen guys against the cage a million times. Yeah. And Clark kind of stumbled a little and fell back into him. And yeah. Blahovich just kind of just kind of slowly snuck his arm up. I've never seen that. that. Well, yeah. if you look back at UFC 31, where I debuted. I didn't do the move, so I'm not bragging people. Sure. And I lost that fight. So uh, UFC 31. Is that the spinning back fist shit fight? Motherfucker. Thank you, Jimmy. But I'm saying it, was it? Fucking Boo you. Why? I'm so, trying to tie it in. Yes, it was. Shoney Carter. You've I talked lost. about that. So what? I know. I got him back. It's not the point of the not story. The point it's not even story. about me. It's not even important. But it, <laughs> Pat Militich lost his uh, the, the welterweight title to Carlos Newton by a bulldog choke. Oh, wow. What they round? called the bulldog choke. Yeah, no, I'm right. not good with the names. I, I might be a Jedi master, but there's so many new names. It's, it just gets weird. What round? Was it early in the fight? Or? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was early in the fight. It was I the think. third round. It was the third round? Yeah. I think Pat was doing good in that fight, too. That's what he was like in his prime. Oh. He had a lot of injuries, though, Pat Militich. But he was a really good fight. He's one of, the, one of the first guys to really put all the shit together. You know what I mean? That that choke, I have not seen that before. Uh, it was almost like when you saw Nganu rip that fucking Kimura against, uh, the standing Kimura against, I forget who he did it against. Uh, I forgot to. Do you, but you remember the, way, the do, move? You uh, loved it. You went crazy for that. Well, I loved it. Because, but I mean, and it was it's pure not even like brute it was, strength. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. Dude. It was like technique, most technically sound Kimura. But well, you can almost hear him did. going, "Give me that fucking arm!" Oh man, he's gonna rip it off. <laughs> there was a bulldog choke recently. I'm there, I to might, there might have been. I'm, I'm sure it's something that does happen. Yeah. I just haven't seen it that I can remember. I'm sure I've yeah. seen it and just don't well, remember it. I remember with the Pat Militich fight. Well, people, the old school was somebody really old school. No, I don't know why this fight just came to me. But you know, Pat Militich is one of the first guys to ever put it together. You know, he fought back in the day. He fought Matt Hume, who's Matt Hume is, you know, the champ is uh, is uh, Johnson's uh, trainer. So he, he, you know, uh, Matt Hume actually beat him by uh, getting him in the tie clinch and elbowing and kneeing his face. Oh wow! And yeah, I, I, Pat, I don't think wanted to stop, but he was pretty. He got fucked sure. up a little bit. But that's some old school. I'm just dropping some old school knowledge. That way, when they see Matt Hume in the corner, they'd be like, "Oh, that's that's uh, sure." You know, the champ's trainer. He, I wonder what he does. He used to be a fighter. So They'll know be what a he bad does. motherfucker, Matt Hume. They will know what Gotta he does. Gotta get Matt Hume on here. Just Gotta get him in studio. Ask for him. Can we get more people in the studio? It would be nice. You know what would be nice, though, Jimmy? If what? they don't bring their PR person in here. We won't, we, that's our fault. That's not yeah. their fault. We, we have to say, we've said yeah. before we didn't want people, and we're still letting them in. Yeah. That's no one's fault but ours. Yeah, because that, you know. There should be a fucking curtain right there, and our rule is no one in but the artist. Oh, and by the way, I know, the you said, I know you said Brittany uh, got a curtain for the um, bathroom, and yeah. I love Brittany. Brittany's awesome. But she, if people don't know at home, Brittany runs like, what does she run the comedy store yeah. or something? Yeah. Dude, what the fuck's that? I mean, what's up with that curtain? Curtain's Is the same? Sorry. You it's see it? It's a little shorter than she Dude. thought. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, I thought you said she got a new one. She did. That's the new one. It'd be great if it was a skirt. It's terrible for yeah, a curtain. I mean, what is that? And I love Brittany, but I, I don't want people seeing me handling my business. Not, you know. Yeah. Not, not whacking off. I'm saying going to the bed. I don't know how to say Yeah, I, I don't either. Because when I shut, I, I face the septic tank. That's weird. I do. do I face you the septic tank. Like that? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, and I put my arms up on it, and I, I my hands. Up. 
Now you now I might have to try that. Does it it's help? Great. Yeah, it's I'm great. I'm not doing that. Jimmy. Come on, it's great. Sometimes the lid you rest your shit on the lid when the lid's sticking no. up. No. No. Uh, let me say this. So Hi. next week we do it. We have three people coming in studio. Oh, by the way. Just a tease. Three people in. Three people. Are you that's too many. Know who? Uh, one of them is a champion of the UFC. One of them you know personally. Why, why, why are we, we not people? just giving out the names? All right. Well, we got you on. Good shit. We man. got Ioana coming Get in on Monday. Excited. Okay. Yeah. All uh, right. Ooh. Chris Weidman's coming in on Wednesday. Oh. And Jeff Nowitzki, who runs USADA for the UFC, is coming in on Wednesday Ooh. also. So that's an interesting interview. Got some cockpit questions for him, Jimmy. Sure. Uh, I did. I googled it. There was actually two bulldog chokes on one card. Yeah. UFC 181. Uriah Faber beat Francisco Rivera by bulldog choke. And Raquel Pennington beat Ashley Evan Smith by Bulldog Choke okay. on the same card. Sometimes with these names, people come up with names. And I'm always gonna afraid I'm gonna fuck it up. Like sure. I know the techniques. Like there's a certain pass where you like you're in, uh, you stand up and like uh, in guard. And let's say you a guy tries to put you in butterfly guard with sticky gets sticky hooks. You get rid of one of his hooks. What's a and sticky hook? Well, when they're is curling when the their toes back or- and their feet. Are behind around the, the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you go to step back, you can't. You step forward, they're gonna pull underneath you with the leg locks and and um, X guards and all sorts of trouble. A lot of leg, a lot of leg locks lately. But so anyway, you, you you're not good in butterfly guard when you stand up. So you you push down the leg a little bit to get on the top of your calf to lower. Then you bring your knee towards his butt. Totally three o'clock. So you get rid of one hook. You kick the leg back. You can go right to knee on belly and pass the other butterfly hook with something called um. They call they got when I was showing it. One of my students, one of my black men, goes, "Oh, I think it's the donkey kick." I go, "Dude, I'm gonna be calling it the fucking donkey punch, and then it's gonna be something second. It's just, it's gonna, I'm gonna fuck it up. Yeah, donkey kick, donkey punch. Sure, the donkey kick. I can't. Don't make me call the donkey kick. I throw. Can't a, I just pass the guard without calling it the donkey kick? I have ways of getting out of all that stuff. I have my little names for it. What the nipple twist? I do. Ooh, yucky. <laughs> I love my nipple. I like my nipples tweedled. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I gotta bust my chest. And I gotta bust my belly. I'm becoming a hairy little man from the my, TRT. Look at my stomach. I'm just sitting like That's this. Wow, yeah. the TRT puts hair on you. Yeah, it gets me hairy. And I'm not really a hairy dude. Now I'm really becoming Wolverine. Yeah, you are. You're a little squat. Look at my hair. Oh, I can't <laughs> stop. I'm fucking powerful though. Yeah, I know. I rolled this morning. I hope so. Yeah, my buddy, the Hulk. Guy's name is the Hulk. I mean, I got the Hulk trying to pass my guard. What do you think of that? Jimmy, what are you doing? Just Why are you showing me your belly? So I'm sitting. It's fucking weird. I'm just sitting like this. My belly sticking out of Jimmy, look at me. Look at this. I know, but you can't, but my chest is powerful. Yeah, my son. Right, what are we? Can we get back to the fights? Hey, you're Chris the one who's my belly. My titties yes. aren't powerful. <laughs> right or wrong, there were some fights announced. Could you could you let us know what's going on with that? Everybody wants to know. Uh, yeah, sure. There's actually one in particular: Tisha Torres versus Michelle Waterson. That's UFC 218 in Detroit. Which that card is unbelievable. Who else I'm, on that card? I'm gonna be. Uh, there. That's Frankie and uh, Max, Max Holloway. Holloway. Oh, Aljo. Shit. Aljo's on that. Overeem yeah. and uh, and Ganu. Ganu. Wow. Yeah. What date's that? Uh, December second. UFC 218. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. That is a darn good card. we got to get Aljo back in, too. We'll bring him back in here when he's not training. And then when we're done with that fight, we're going to go back to Eddie's Pizza. Who does Aljo have on that card? Uh, What's his name? Ronnie Yaya? Am I saying his name? Ronnie Ronnie Yaya? Yaya? Yeah, he's a really good jujitsu guy. And I like that he got that fight. I wanted that fight for him. Because Aljo does phenomenal with jujitsu. Aljo was great. Aljo just took a jujitsu match. I told you guys about that a couple weeks ago. And he... It was a draw because there was no submissions, but uh, there was no submission, but he was mounted, took his back. It was an MMA fight. He's cutting that guy up. Aljo is awesome. He's awesome in jiu-jitsu. He's an amazing martial artist and, a, and an awesome person. 
I really, I really like Aljo Sterling. I do too. The Funk Master, and uh, I think that's a great fight for him. And I really like. Uh, Was he twelve and fourteen? Uh, Ronnie. How, how do you pronounce his name? So I kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's Ronnie though. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. R O N N Y. Yeah, or R O N Y. I think it's R A N I. But he is very good in jujitsu. So, what I like about uh, Aljo getting that fight is now I got to watch that guy's fights. So I like the. I you like to enjoy watch good jujitsu. Oh, I do. He he's like he does a lot of sl- he's very slick. He's, like, he's I'm not saying he's a one trick pony because you know he, it's not like he can't throw a punch or, or any strikes, but but he's a little he's definitely Damian Irish. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be looking at just enforces jujitsu and uh I, I think it's a great fight for for aljo i really do yeah aljo's a stud how do you feel buddy you look a little you look a little yeah man i'm besides being tired, tired? but i'm also tuckered I've, I've been eating so bad to get ready like yeah. fatten up a little yeah. bit yeah that oh I'm no! Just, my body is like, ugh. Like I'm not used to this I, shit. You know dude. what I can't I wait. ate Chick Fil A today, and I oh, I, I ate a Twix. Here's my breakfast: yes. a bag of cheese nips, yes. a Twix bar. Look at me. Yeah, Jimmy, it's like a it's just a sad belly. It's I, not. It's not a. It's not a fat. It's belly. a belly. It's, it's a belly. Looks a little sad. It, it is looks, a sad. It's belly. like a, it's like you the know why it's a sad belly because there's not a good dick under it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Yeah, they go. It's, oh shit! I get lightheaded. Oh now, I can't talk to you when I drive, Jimmy. I'll get fucking. I can get into an accident. You understand? Yeah, I, I get lightheaded. That, but I just what want to say that say? that uh, that Aljo fight is not December second. It's December 9th. That's what I. That's what I said. In Fresno. It's what? It's not in Detroit. It's in Fresno, California. Fresno. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa. December 9th. Wait, I'm not going to Detroit. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I just hope looked, you bought yeah. the wrong Hand tickets. Hand me my phone really quick because yeah. I got. Let me just see what Aljo Tech. Oh, I, just, I would yeah. laugh if you bought the wrong plane tickets. Do you hear me, guys? Yeah, of course. Right. But now it's off again. Oh, you Matt, you're that? having a All right, an on. existential crisis. Do you guys <laughs> hear me? Am I, am I being heard? All right. All right. <laughs> How do you say am I being heard? Uh, let me see this. Uh, oh, Dece- wait. Which fight is December 9th? That's UFC Fresno. That's oh, Aljo. God. That's so awesome. I thought I was going to Detroit. That's cool too. No offense, I'm yeah. a big Eminem fan. Oh, I'd rather but, go to uh, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what did right. you guys think of the Carolina Kovalevich fight? I I uh, I, I thought, thought she, it was a good fight. She looks really did. good. Yeah, she did really good. How many strikes did she throw? She throws a lot of punches. Yeah, Her combinations doubled. are beautiful. Yeah, I, I think she handled that. Handled. Wasn't that a, how you say her name? Escabel? Wasn't that yeah. her first fight in the UFC? Yes. Yeah, I thought she did pretty well. No, yeah, she was, she was what is the height difference? They were talking about the height difference too. They were saying that the measuring is wrong. That they're not the same height. Yeah, they w- they measured to be the same height, but obviously it seems like Carolina's taller than her. Uh, let me see. I can check. Oh, dude, Jimmy, talk, talk about being tall. I, I <laughs> ever since I got that um, that onward game for my Vive system. I've been playing like my wife hears me talking downstairs. Like, oh no! To? Well, I'm online with the guys, and it's like, well, I mean, the guys. I don't even know these people. I gotta change. I told you I gotta change my thing because it says my wife's name on there. So I'm like, hey, and Sarah. I go, ah, my name's Matt. You gotta take the Sarah it's off. So cool. You gotta take your last I name know, off. I know. I know. But I think it's it's because she signed in with her name or yeah, something. She's a nice person. She doesn't think about the internet. People being creepy. I know. She's a nice lady. Like ah, we're gonna have you. But no. But um, it's so cool, Jimmy. So I, I, I so next thing you know, I'm like, oh, you know what? It's 11.30. I'll probably go up soon. I got to get up early and get some jujitsu in. Next thing you know, 1.30 in the morning, I got the headset on. I'm fucking crouching in buildings. We were playing Defend. 
where they have to come with a machine. I know, Jimmy. I'm 43. It might sound sad. You look younger. But thank you. I act younger. I know. Fucking 14. You know what's happening but right now as you're talking? Midlife crisis? No, bunch. My stomach's going, yeah, time for a lot of stuff to exit. Oh, you got to do three things. I may have to. What's the three things you got to do? Tell me. Shit, shit, and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say cock a poop duty but I'm a, a grown man. I wouldn't say well, that. Well, you're a dad. I am a dad. That's why. That's right. That's why I would say that. Of course. So, um, <laughs> What's they're that? both 5'3", by the way. They are, but yeah, but that's they look like said, Carolina but, was taller. Yeah. But in, unless it's the fact that uh, Isabel just kind of fights lower and, and she might just be like a Lamada fucking squat fighter. Right. right. Uh, I've been called squat. I, I would call you squat. Jimmy. What? I'm talking to you. Nah, you, Jimmy. You're le- all your weight. I'm is being it- cute. All your no. You're making. A- you're doing a weird smile. I'm being coy. All your weight. <laughs> I'm flirting. It's like you elevated the right side of your ass, and all the weight went on your left cheek. Wow. And I don't like the way you all of a sudden feel like you. you look no, like I was trying to ask better. you a question. You wouldn't listen. I leaned in. I said, "Hey, Matt, me a question. Are you ready to save money and play more games? Don't re- don't. I was saying, ask me again because nobody heard you." Are you ready to save money and play more games? I love playing games. And saving money. Oh, I love that too. Well, if you are UFC Unfiltered, we have you covered with who? With Gamefly. Did you say Gamefly? I certainly did, Matt. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all of your favorite games at Gamefly.com. You pick your favorite games and you have them mailed directly to your door. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service. Over 9,000 titles to choose from. What, are you going to play 9,000 games? Of course you're not. You'll always have variety. It lets you try your favorite games in the movies before you buy. You can keep the games for as long as you want. You're never going to have to worry about late fees, and you can cancel anytime. They've made this so convenient. Um, Oh, and by the way, Gamefly does offer now movie rentals as well. Go go to Gamefly.com slash UFC. That's where Matt and I can stay employed. (laughs) Start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. Thank you, Gamefly, for supporting this program. We appreciate that. And you can support this show and support Gamefly by checking out this 30-day trial offer only at Gamefly.com slash UFC. Sign up now. Start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. Help keep Matt and I in business. And, uh, and, and try Gamefly. It's a great, great service. And uh, you know, no late fees. You keep them as long as you want. So, Gamefly, big yeah. fan. It's big awesome, fan, Jimmy. Uh, we got some. What? Hello. I'm, right I'm right having now. issues with my shit. I I'm can hear you, Matt. Oh, you know what it is? Can you hear me now or no? What? <laughs> I do. Don't I'm right next around. to you. Come on, cutie. But could you get right? your hand away from Matt's crotch, Chris? That's creepy. Matt, back up. Wait, He's trying to touch your. Helmet. I don't hear shit. Right. Oh, that. Yeah. He's trying to poke your helmet. What about now? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you perfect. All right. I saw Chris's Did you hear me the whole entire time? Yes. He was trying to elongate his knuckles and catch a little helmet. (laughs) (laughs) How's married life, Chris? Uh, It's great. You love it, right? I'm enjoying it, yeah. Are you going to have kids or you don't know? Yeah, I think we're going to have kids. Yeah. Nice. You guys don't fight, right? You have to even think about it. What do you mean? I have to think about it? No, you, you don't, no, we're gonna have kids. I sure. think that's that's pretty much the the main reason for getting married, Jimmy. Are you an arguer or no? You don't. Um, I can be an arguer. Yeah, I can be stubborn. I guess, but we don't. That's cool, life. man. Yeah. You guys are both uh, happily married men. What about you, Jimmy? Are you no. gonna settle down anytime soon? So I settle down. My I settle down every night. <laughs> so wait, wait, well, you fellas, <laughs> get a nice the, girl. Settle the, down. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. But they were eating the thing. Yeah, and... settle down every night. They got the guy in the trunk. Yeah, Frank, uh, Billy Bats. That was Frank Vincent. He just died. 
He, oh, I know, man. He's so good. He was in a lot of things. He was in The Sopranos. He played Phil Leotardo. He goes to Chris's mother, I'll ram that Walkman up your box. He was <laughs> so funny, Frank Vincent. <laughs> yeah. Did he say that? Oh, my God. To the guy's mother. It was so good. Oh, that's funny. Hey, he's, take it easy. Phil, it's the guy's mother. That's <laughs> fucking... <laughs> he got his head crushed in that. Oh, was he good, man. He Remember? was so... Yeah. Yeah. The first celebrity to ever turn me down for a photo was Frank Vincent. It was 2003. Why? I was at the Garden, Kiss Aerosmith. And I'm walking and I see Frank Vincent, who I knew from Goodfellas and Casino and Raging Bull. He was a fucking incredible. This is before he was on The Sopranos. And uh, we're all trying to go backstage to see yeah. Kiss after the show because my friend Wendy was a singer. She knew Kiss and I'm obsessed yeah. with Kiss. And uh, Frank Vincent's walking up and I go, hey, Frank, can we get a picture? Uh, and he goes, not now. And I go, I just want to take a quick one. And he goes, I said not now. <laughs> which indeed he did. So we're all waiting to get backstage and they weren't going to let him backstage and I still loved him. So the guy, the security guy's like, yeah, you got your up here. And I said to the guy, I'm like, do you know who that's Frank Vincent? Do you have any idea who that is? He's in Goodfellas. And, and then he's like, oh, I didn't let him back. So I actually helped Frank Did Vincent. Did the guy know that. that you did that? Frank, no, I don't think he gave a shit. Then I snuck back. Really? Yeah. And uh, But I've interviewed Frank many times since then, so I'm lucky I get nice to talk to him. He was lovely. Couldn't have been lovelier. Well, we didn't want to take a picture with you. I used to be with a girl. He's trying to get backstage as he kiss. Yeah. Not now. Do you like... I uh, said not now. And boy, it's did he. It's obnoxious. But uh, did <laughs> you... Um, do you like any other music besides... Uh, you know, you like, uh, you like all the hard shit. You yes, like I do. Else? I like uh, country. I like Johnny Cash, of course. I like yeah. folk. Um, I like... Uh, I'll tell you the last couple of things I bought on my... I, not, this is not that anybody gives a shit, and they'll probably cut this part out. No, go ahead. But this is, I'll tell you I the want, last I couple of things. Hold on now. Let me tell you a couple of the last things I bought. Uh, downloaded music. Oh, interesting, Jimmy. A song by Slash called Saint is a Sinner. Take Me Home by John Denver. Oh. I'm Not Gonna Miss You, uh, which was uh, Glenn Campbell. And uh, Set It Off, Break for Love and Rod wait, wait, Stewart. Set It Off? Set It Off on the left, y'all. You know that song? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you and your fucking set it off. Break out the Calvarichis and the Keds. <laughs> you and your fucking set it off. You're right. It is uh, an old Maybe school. grow a tail. You want to grow a tail? I do. I'm in, sorry, in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Under my belly button. <laughs> fucking sick. Uh, nothing oh, compares Jimmy. to you. Set it off. A little Neil Diamond. Nothing compares to you. That's right. Nothing compares to you. Is that uh, Sinead O'Connor? Well, Prince's song, but she sings it, yeah. I think she does it better than Prince. I, told, I agree. She does. Yeah. Um, I you know I you know it's so funny, man. Because I listen to all the people just look at me and they go, "You like heavy shit?" No. What do you think I like? I'm gonna guess you like more like a cl classic rock, no. a little hip hop, a lot of I, do, I listen to a lot actually of hip hop, new jazz, a lot of hip hop, like a lot like my one of my favorite things in Pandora's Cypress Hill uh, Station. There I like you that. Go. You know, but I like the new shit too, man. What you gonna What you gonna do with that dessert? It's my kids listen to it. That's I what don't the kids know that listen one. to it. Also, Angels and Airwaves. You ever hear Angels and Airwaves? I have not. It's kind of emo-ish. I don't like it. The man. Angels. Don't don't judge me. I don't like it. I like it. it doesn't mean I'm soft. Do you ever hear Angels and Airwaves? Yeah, that's. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's from Blink. Yeah, it's from Blink right? One Eighty, yeah. and I love Blink One Eighty Two. But uh, Angel and Airwaves definitely a little like it's like a little bit more. I don't want to say emo. Is that like emo music? Uh, it's no, so, it's not emo, it's, but what exactly is it? Fucking emo. I don't know, that, that, but it's a little it, soft and a little bit yeah. more out there. But Jimmy, it, it makes me happy. Yeah, I don't. Angel uh, and Airwaves, Secret Crowds. I like. Somebody songs. should listen to that. Yeah, I like a good I uh, heartfelt like song. You know. Yeah. 
All right. You're not going to miss you. Did we talk about not going to miss you already three times? I think we did. <laughs> that was not gonna, okay. What is that? It's just that song about Alzheimer's. I, I'm not even joking. I oh, that's all? Yeah, it's so were, good. Dude, I think that was dude my memory stinks. I like to say it's because I have so many interesting things in my head, but I really don't. Yeah, you do, Jimmy. No, I don't. I'm sure you do. When's your new special coming out? It's already out. No, that <laughs> new special. Don't you have a new tour coming out? The kneeling room only? Yeah, I'm, I've been touring. I'm on tour. Oh, that's different than the one that you already did. Different material. Oh, fuck yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, of course. You scared the fuck out of me. I no, I'm on, no I'm on the road. I got LA coming up. I got New York Town Hall. Holy I have shit. two shows in London. I got Dublin, Manchester, England, all in December. Bunch of great stuff. What's today's date? Today is uh, October. Oh, it's tomorrow. It's not, is it late October? <laughs> it's the 24th when this comes <laughs> We got fucking Saturday, October 28th. That's the Saturday. This coming Saturday, yeah. Holy shit, man. Do you know that we have fights, Jimmy? Uh, what time are these on? Oh, this is on Fox Sports 1 at 10, 10 o'clock Eastern. We got, you had Derek Brunson versus Leo, Leoto Machida's. Leoto yeah, Machida's Machida back. Machida's uh, calling. Oh, yeah, he was suspended, wasn't he? Yeah, almost two years. Yeah, we're going to talk to him. Was Machida he out for that him. fucking long? Yeah. How old is he, man? How old is Machida? I'm going to guess he's 35. No, I think he's older, man. I think he's I'm like gonna say 37. He's 30, I, I was okay. going to say 38, but who am I to say that? What is he? I think Chris might be right. He might be 37. I was going to say 38. What is he? Oh, wow, he's 39, Leoto. Ah, I win because it's closest. Oh, yeah, but you went over. That... No, I didn't. Oh, you said 38. 38. Okay. I have <laughs> to pee. Fucking lost, Jimmy. I got to pee. Me too, Jimmy. Why don't we go to the bathroom? Yeah. And we're going to come back. I got John Anik on the phone. I've never spoken to John Anik, but I'm happy. I think he's a really, really good announcer. He does a great job. He's great. He, he's very knowledgeable. He knows when to jump in. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's good with two other people, too. He's good with one other person. Uh, he, he fills a, b- a lot of roles. He's really great. I like Johnny. I do, too. So I'm happy we're finally getting a chance to talk to John Anik. I'll race you to the bathroom. You can go first. I'll let you. You have fourth degree black belt. I'm going to race you to anything. You, you go first. You, I wait. Are you reading something? What are you doing? I'm holding my questions for John Anik. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do you like asking questions and talking to the fighters? <laughs> you know he got that tattoo on his arm because he got... Was he going to do it? Do you want to see a tattoo someone got? With, with Someone got a tattoo. He, he got a 209 because of Nate Diaz with the fight with Connor. You know that. Who? Do you know that? No. Why would he? Do you know what I'm talking about while you're doing your fucking no, thing? I'm on the, showing on the, you upset. It's I know you're doing that, but I, I'm telling you something about John It's Anik. on your sheet. He, <laughs> he got a tattoo of 209 on his forearm, yeah. forearm, right? Because he said he'd get that if Nate beat Connor, and Nate beat Connor. And then Nate Diaz said something like, uh, go ahead, Chris, the producer, read it. It's the last line. Go ahead, Chris, read it. He comment. said, yo, yo, John Anik, better get a motherfucking 209 tattoo or I'm going to come whoop his little ass. And who knows if that was just, you know, him joking around. Was he blustering? But next thing you know, he got that fucking tattoo. I want to know if Nate didn't say that little joke at the end. Was he going to get the tattoo? Was he going to be like, ah, you know, I'll put a fake one on for a week. Yeah, maybe. I mean, did you see like on TV, there's like a, a lot of times people hold up signs outside of game day on college. What am I looking at? Just look at the big sign that somebody held up at Penn State. It was all over ESPN. Yeah, it was a chip. Chip is it? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you showing me? Did you see that? the sign somebody stood? Who did that? Some fan made brought a sign oh, and held it so up funny. on TV. That's great. Yeah. I got a hundred tweets about it. Now I'm trying to show you the tattoo that somebody had. Of Chip Chipison. Uh, somebody put that fucking face. I know it's your face, Jimmy, but it's you making a weird face. It's handsome. Well, let's not get crazy. Oh now. I'll find you know? it. I'm gonna go pee and we'll find it. All right. You go I'll go after you. Okay. Okay. Everybody, this is Dwayne Johnson, and I'm here to tell you about a new documentary podcast series titled What Really Happened, narrated by award-winning documentary filmmaker Andrew Jenks in coordination with our company, Seven Bucks Productions. 
Muhammad Ali saved a man from committing suicide. In 2007, Britney Spears' life became a train wreck. Next thing I knew, all her hair was off. Was Michael Jordan pushed out of basketball because of his gambling problem? You know, I'm doing fine. I'm strong mentally, I'm strong physically. Did any of these happen the way we were told? I'm Andrew Jenks, a documentary filmmaker, and along with executive producers Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia, I go on a rogue investigation. This series will look deep into the unknown sides of historic news stories and then ask, what really happened? Download and listen to the trailer now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and prepare yourself to engage into what really happened. All right, now we're going to get John Anik on the phone, which will be nice. I've never spoken. Do you know John? I do. I've hung out with Johnny. I, why do we always got to add a Y in the name? Jimmy, Johnny. No, you're just a comfortable guy. I am. Very, I'm very comfortable. You add a Y. That's all right. You know? Yeah. Or an O. Not really. Jimbo. Longo. What's Ray's name? I know, but I, I don't call him. Yeah, it's true. It is fucking. You always add a Y. Ray. That's what I'm saying. I can't do that. Ray. I don't think I ever called him Ray. It's weird. It's weird when you get used to calling somebody something. I know. Like my buddy Drago. Like, I don't... Do we have John on the phone? Yes, sir. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. It's Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. How you doing? What's up, Johnny? Well. How are you guys? Excellent, man. Excellent. Uh, we've never spoken before, but it's nice to talk to you. Likewise, man. I appreciate you guys having me. So uh, what did you do before you... Because you're, you're a really good announcer, John. Um, what were you doing right before you got into uh, working for the UFC? So I was with ESPN for about six years, and towards the end of my time there, I, I got to host a show called MMA Live on ESPN2, and that sort of paved the way for me to uh, go to the UFC. A lot of it was just right place, right time. I was ESPN's MMA guy right at the time when, when the UFC was like doubling their schedule. So, so when you, when you, now, were you an MMA fan, or is it just something that you became knowledgeable about, or were you kind of like, hey, I'm talking about a sport that I really enjoy? So I was a boxing fan. So I, I hosted a boxing radio show in Boston for about five years, and that's what got me the audition for MMA Live. But I, I attended my first MMA show in 2007 and basically became hooked right away sure. after seeing it live in person. So, Oh, wait. Okay. I was going to say, Jimmy, you, uh, Johnny, you started watching at that time in 2007, or were you? did you watch it at all before that? Well, I saw UFC 1, like I remember yeah. where I was in 1993, and I saw UFC 2, and then I probably didn't come back till like UFC 50, probably 2004, it, but I wasn't appointment viewing every pay-per-view until probably 2007, 2008. Is that because you thought it was like a freak show back then, and then it got well, more I, civilized? I, or? Yeah, I mean, I will tell you that hosting a boxing radio show, we did become very defensive of boxing, and yeah. mixed martial arts was this avalanche that was coming, and it was taking over boxing. So I guess the pure boxing fan in me for a time, it wasn't that I was denigrating MMA, but I yeah. think for a time I felt like, man, MMA is about to take over the sport that I love. So it was more being defensive about boxing, I guess, that, that prevented me from going all in MMA. Sure. Do you still, I mean, now, you know, you're engulfed here in the, in the with the UFC and MMA, but do you still love boxing the same way? Because you came up, you're around my age, a little bit younger. You came up in an era where boxing was really fun. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? No, I'm not into it very much now. Yeah. I mean, I, I order the big pay-per-views, but when I was covering boxing on a regular basis, 04, 05, it felt like boxing was the biggest story in sports like five or six times a year. I mean, even when Winky Wright would fight Bernard Hopkins, even yeah. though there wasn't any great belt on the line, two big names, it felt huge. And that just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. So no, I'm, I'm not into it at all. And I, I have said too, I feel like MMA has ruined a lot of other sports for me, even like the NBA regular season. Yeah. 
just holds no value to me. I grew up a diehard Celtics fan in Boston, and now I can't even stomach you know a Red Sox at bat, never mind five minutes of a Celtics regular season game. John, I'm the same way, man. It, it, there's something about knowing that someone could take a shin in the teeth. It makes yeah. it very difficult <laughs> to all of a sudden, well, he was 0-for-1 with runners in scoring position in May. Gives a shit. It drives right. me crazy. Other sports have really not, they can't hold what uh, MMA does for me. And also about boxing, I'm the same as you. I'm sure you know a lot more about it than I do, but I loved it for my entire life. What do you think hurt boxing? For me, it was the disgusting promoters, and they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. Look, again, the Athletic Commission is not the boxers, but what, the last fight, this uh, this uh, Alvarez decision over Triple G, uh, I, I mean, uh, abomination. Oh, terrible. And there are, there are a lot of different issues with boxing, and I'm removed enough from it that I don't feel as poisoned as when I was in it. But all of the different belts and the different divisions and promoters and judges, and there's just a lot of things in boxing that leave a lot to be desired. But for me, Jim, honestly, at the core, it was the product. The product was shitty. You know, I would go see Carlos Baldomir fight Floyd Mayweather, and then I'd have to do a two-hour radio show about it, and nobody cared. You know, like the, the fights themselves weren't good enough. I've always said when boxing is at its best, maybe it's the greatest sport in the world, but more often than not, when I shell out money for a boxing pay-per-view or even when I turn it on, I'm, I'm not getting what the UFC is giving me on a consistent basis. So I have uh, my my allegiances have have changed, and I don't know, man. The other sports, it's just a lack of consequence, I guess, for me. When they play 82 games, right. how am I going to get up for one? Whereas every singular UFC fight, even the first fight of 13 in Fortaleza, Brazil, for one reason or another, feels big to me. But it, and it's also weird. And I've said this too. And, I, and again, I, I'm what you call a homer as an announcer for like you know. I mean, like I love UFC. But they give you fights that you want, and they're amazing at building rivalries. Like, you know, we were just talking before about Darren Till and Mike Perry. And this is why I love Mike Perry, because he's a fucking animal, and he goes out and he does press. He has made himself, in the last year, year and a half, all of a sudden a guy that everybody wants to see fight. And it seems like boxing kind of lost the ability to create these new rivalries that you wanted to see. Right, and I also think that the type of personalities that are drawn to MMA and the type of athletes that now in the modern day are drawn to mixed martial arts are such that we're just going to get the, the better athletes. I feel like we're going to get the guys. I just think fewer and fewer people are growing up watching boxing or training in boxing singularly. Right? You've got four- and five-year-olds that are mixing the martial arts. It's crazy. So I'm excited about where our future is going. And Dude, I can't even close the book on getting a platinum tattoo on my face. I mean, I am so... I I have so planted my flag on Mike Perry um, that I think the next move might actually be a, be a tattoo to honor the man. Now, you, uh, as an announcer, is that what you wanted to do when you were a kid? You're like, I want to announce sports, or did you want to play them? I'm always wondering, because you're really good at it, and it's not easy to do. It's not easy to, especially when you're stepping in with a guy like Rogan, uh, and Italian, you know, Cormier is very good as well. So, so what is it that made you want to do that? That's such an interesting job choice. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I think one thing that has been tricky for me is that I'm not a lifelong martial artist. I took karate and boxing for a little bit, but I am not a martial artist. I've done some jiu-jitsu recently, but I, I'm not a lifelong martial artist. So for me, I feel like I can take three bong hits and go call an NFL football game. <laughs> You know, whereas I can't do that in MMA, right? So that has been a learning curve for me in terms of this job. What was your initial question, actually? I what did you, what made you want to be an announcer? Because like, obviously, oh, if you've yeah. done boxing, what made you want to actually call it? Or did you want to do something else and you fell into that? Yeah, no, I wanted to I wanted to play for the Boston Celtics, you know, and then I was just a chubby Jewish kid with no height, so it didn't work out, you know. <laughs> how, so tall, how tall are you? 
I am, uh, I, well, it's five, eight and three quarters. Oh, no shot whatsoever. <laughs> you know, so, um, and I wouldn't even act it, right? But anyway, so I, once I, the NBA dream kind of sailed, I wanted to be on the radio in Boston or be the play-by-play announcer for the Boston Red Sox. That was sort of what I wanted to do. But I, I initially set out to be a sports writer, and then I was like, man, these guys are much more talented with the written word than I am. But when we get in an argument about sports, I felt like I could hold my own. So I quickly transitioned as fast as I could from print journalism to radio and got some breaks, man. Better to be lucky than good, I guess. Let me, let me. You, you brought about um, uh, tattoos with, with uh, all with, right, uh, platinum. Yeah, with platinum, Perry. Uh, when you got the, for people that don't know, you made a bet with Kenny Florian, uh, your co-host on your podcast, about uh, it was the fight with Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. And what did you say? You said that if uh, Conor beats him, basically, if Nate does win, you'll get a tattoo of the two hundred nine on your arm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a huge story, but I won't bore your listeners with it. But basically, the thesis statement was that if Nate Diaz can put down the tequila shot in Cabo and on two weeks' notice beat Conor McGregor, who is primed and seemingly healthy for this fight, then you know what? I'm going to get a 209 tattooed on my arm. It was a result that I wanted to see. I wanted to see Nate come through in a big spot. He hadn't been able to do that really throughout his UFC career. But truth be told... I it's the only tattoo I have. I always wanted a tattoo. I never knew what to get. Yeah. Nick Diaz, excuse me, was always my favorite fighter. So day of the podcast, just on a whim, I called Kenny Florian and I was like, "Hey, I think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this tattoo bet for Nate." And uh, he was like, "You're crazy," but I kind of like it. I mean, I did a tattoo bet on Ronda Rousey, Betch Cohea. I think I was getting the Brazilian flag if Ronda lost to Betch, but she didn't lose. So uh, that was you know the first tattoo bet, and I can assure you the 209. Won't be the last. We had fun with it, and, and hopefully people, you know, lightened up as time moved on, and they can have fun with it too. You know. Yeah. Now, but my my question was now, did that? Now you. So you're saying you thought of that beforehand? Like in other words, you were if it like you didn't you just throw it out there and then like not you weren't like in other words, if Nate Diaz didn't chime in and say something after the fight, like yo yo. John Attic better get a motherfucking two and a tattoo, or I'm going to whoop his little ass. If he didn't say that, you were still going to get it or no, Johnny? I was actually going to get the tattoo even if he lost to Conor McGregor because oh, once it surfaced oh, on right. Nate's radar, never in my worst nightmare did I think that this would have been injected into the pay-per-view narrative during fight week, right? right. That yeah. Nate would bring it up at a press conference yeah. and Conor would address it. Um, you know, I'm hiding under my desk at home here in South <laughs> Florida just waiting for the call from Craig Borsari. So yeah. I haven't yeah. gone on the record and picked another UFC fight since, right? So, but once Nate got impacted to whatever degree i was getting the tattoo win or lose as sort of a tribute to the brothers and and again i mean believe me or don't but it was a tattoo that i wanted i didn't think connor uh would lose that night but i was certainly more than happy to uh honor a great win with uh forever branding myself with the 209 just just promise me you're not gonna make a bet with fucking ray longo and get longo somewhere on your on your body i can't i might not be able to talk to you if you get longo written anywhere oh well i think we're gonna do a bet on paul felder ally quinta so oh um, so we'll see if there's a tattoo involved maybe we'll do something for aljo and ronnie yaya i'm looking money that night i'm looking that's gonna be a good night man that's gonna be in uh that's december 9th yeah, Fresno, California. Oh, I can't. I, you know what's so funny? We were just talking about this. I thought it was going to be a week earlier in the Detroit card, which I'm not. Listen, everybody around there should go. But I'm like, ah, I'm going to fucking Detroit. But now, hey, I'm going to fucking Cali, no? <laughs> yeah. This is That's great. great. And 
I really, I'm telling you, I, you know, two years ago, if you would have told me Aljamain Sterling one day is going to fight for a UFC title, I probably wouldn't have been in that camp. But mm-hmm. I really believe in this kid, and, and it's not just because I have Matt and Ray in my ear all the time. I don't yeah. know how you feel about him, Jim, but I just, I think he's got every skill in the world, and, and in an era in which his division has never been stronger, um, I think Sterling is a big reason why. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, and I have power to him for taking on an unranked guy here because, you know, a lot of the guys are matched up. I agree. I, to- I totally agree. And I, and I want to see him win for selfish reasons because I know him and I like him. I love I'm, I'm so- It's so hard. The more Have you noticed, the more you get to know these guys, like I'm a big Francis Ngannou fan. I don't know Overeem, so I want to see uh, Ngannou smash him. I don't know Alistair, but I, I like Stipe and I know him. So like, who do you pick in a fight for guys you know and like? It's almost like once you start to know these guys, it's almost impossible to root against them because you have some kind of a connection and you've spoken to them and they're nice guys. There's really no dicks that I've met, so it's hard to root any, against any of these guys. It is right, and, and it's hard with the emotional attachment, right? We, we, once the fight, like Daniel Cormier is one of my best friends, but once the fight starts, I completely have that out of my mind, but I'd be lying if I wasn't petrified to first call a fight involving my good friends like Brian Stan and DC. And, dude, I don't want to call Dominic Cruz's fight against Jimmy Rivera. I've, I've, you know, I've spent so much time with Dom, and even though I know Jimmy and I know his uncle and they're some of my favorite people in the MMA space, Dominic and I, as Matt knows, have spent so much time together, and he is so serious about what he brings to the MMA table, Jim, that heaven forbid, as a commentator, I don't do right by my good friend Dominic Cruz. I, I don't even want to think about December 30th and calling that fight, so it is hard, no doubt. Yeah, and he is so good, too. Dominic is such a good uh, analyst of MMA as it's happening, you know, because he's so knowledgeable for for having been in there for so many fights and being so great at it that he's a really interesting guy. Uh, his anticipation of moves they're about to make, um, you know, because Rogan is amazing at that as well. But when you listen to a guy like a Cormier who actively competes in MMA and 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 Cruz, they offer an interesting uh, point of view on that. It's always interesting having the active guys commentating, right? Other sports don't do that and really weren't doing that. Sometimes you'll see them on the desk, but they don't have active NFL players or NBA players calling games. And I think there's some reasons they don't do that, but you get tremendous insight from these guys that are still competing. I think it's something for a guy like Dominic Cruz. I think he's probably glad he's not calling Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw, because as much as Dom loves his job as a commentator, I can assure you that there are times when he wishes he could just put that second career to bed and, and focus completely on fighting. Yeah, of course. It's, it's got to be hard. And, and it's funny how Cormier got in a little because tr- he was talking about significant strikes and he goes, they're all significant. <laughs> you know? And then people came after him and he had to really explain like, oh, okay, you know what I meant. But it's so funny how when these guys say one thing wrong, people jump on them. Oh, it, yeah, and it's a tricky space to be in, and obviously you guys as, as performers know that world all too well. I can't think of anything more intimidating in performing arts than, than doing stand-up comedy. So, well, you, well, the thing with com- I find acting scarier because in comedy, I'm not trapped in the narrative. I can do what I want. So if I have to get out of it or if something sucks, I can go, wow, that's stunk, and I can <laughs> acknowledge it. You know, you're doing an acting scene, and you're, you're shitting. You're like, I got to just stay here. That to yeah, me right. is much scarier. Um, stand-up to me is freeing because uh, announcing you're, you're, you're kind of in a certain, you're, you're trapped in a moment um, that you kind of have to talk about what's going on. But I think with stand-up, I can slide out of it if, I, if it's going poorly, which it right. certainly does sometimes. Um, hey, as a sports fan, obviously, have you ever cried to a sports loss? I'm sure you have. 
I don't know that I have, man. I, wow. really, I mean, I think maybe like 1986, right, when the ball went through Buckner. Bill Buckner's legs. My dad woke me from a deep sleep in that inning to watch that seminal moment. So I would imagine at that point in time I probably shed a tear or two. But I'll be honest with you, Jim. You know, growing up in Boston – uh, we didn't have a lot of success, right? Before right. my time, maybe we did, but there was a nice drought there, and a lot of my formative years, Boston wasn't winning anything. Of course, now since I've graduated college, there have been 10 glorious championship parades through the streets of Boston. So we had a lot of lean years, man, but I'm glad that you know they've made up for it recently. They have. Well, well, can you think back, what is the toughest sports loss you've ever taken? Without question, Aaron Boone's home run, 2003 American League Championship Series, Game 7. Because I really felt like the Red Sox were the best team that year. And I was pissed drunk. I was taking a piss in a basement, and all of a sudden the bar went crazy. Shows you where my head was at, by the way, sure. that I missed that moment. But without question, my worst sports moment, 2003 ALCS, Aaron Boone's home run off Tim Wakefield to, uh, to eliminate the Red Sox. Oh, man. Mine was my rematch versus GSP. <laughs> 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 I tried hard, but Johnny, it was... <laughs> I tried, Johnny. That's all right. I right, thank you, Jimmy. It was a long time ago. I'm yeah. over it. Whenever I'm depressed about it, I throw in my Frank Trick fight. Listen, well, John. look. At least you have a firsthand experience. Like you know, John's is watching. Mine was the Yankees losing in uh, yeah. in 2001 to the Diamondbacks. You know, it was an emotional year. That yeah. was a very very tough one. But at least yours was a guy fucking punched you in the face. At least you have a real yeah. reason. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. It definitely didn't make me feel any bit better. But listen, it's all right, Jimmy. I, I got over that a long sure. time ago. Johnny, tell me about your, your podcast you do with Kenny Florian. And I heard there's a guy who makes an appearance once in a while. The Ray Longo Minute is the only reason why the show is still in existence <laughs> two years after please. we started. Agreed. Don't blow up his head. He's already tells me how he's... Uh, Buddies with Kevin uh, fucking James. Oh, that's oh all my I God. Hear. I know. And of course, they put him on that episode of Kevin Can't Wait with Harry Connick. So his head just got even bigger yeah. than otherwise would have been. But no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really a labor of love for me because I'm a former radio guy yeah. who, you know, I want to be 185 pounds eating Twinkies sitting on a radio, right? Like I cut weight to get into my suit, Jim. Literally. Yeah. Like yeah. if I, I was measured for these tight fitting David August suits that we wear on TV when I was like 147 pounds. So if I can't get down to 156, I can't button the suit. So yeah. I wish I was doing radio, I think, full time. So at least to do the podcast gives me a chance to, to do some media without having to be on camera for a change. And uh, when I started the podcast, you know, I, I wanted to have one guest who would be a weekly staple on the show. And there are a lot of names on the list. And, and even a Boston guy like me, I settled on Longo. And thankfully, he was willing to commit. And uh, I, I guess, as humbly as I can say it, it was one of the few things I did right with the show was to put Longo on it every week. But did you notice, too, when you when you get to a certain weight, like I bought all smalls, like a fucking, like a svelte young lady. I bought all smalls. And now I will not buy a bigger size. I'm like, no, fat boy, lose it and get in it. Like, I won't let myself buy a medium again to grow into that. I'm like, nope, you got to lose it or you, I'm going to feel my side fat. Like, I make yeah. myself uncomfortable. This way I keep the weight off. That's a great thing to do. I'm going to stop ordering the larges and, and sneak into my mediums again. I, I can't do it. I just I can't do it at yeah. all. Um, so you, you uh, when you were a kid, now you wanted to play for the Celtics. At what point did you realize, like, okay, I'm probably not. Was it in high school? Yeah, it was in high school. And I also think, too, for, for a lot of us, right, like 15, 16 years old, when you start to really realize what, what the opposite sex can do for you and you start to 
you know, I don't know. I it just I got to a point where athletics didn't become as much of a priority, whether it was I was doing journalism or chasing girls, whatever I was doing, 15, 16, basketball became less important. I have a feeling Johnny was a coxman. I think so, too. Yeah, Johnny. Hey, you know. <laughs> Oh, we'll, we'll stop down there. We'll stop it right there, Johnny. Go ahead. What, who'd you do radio for? Now, were you doing sports radio? So I, yeah. So I worked for the Sporting News Radio affiliate in Boston. I don't know if you know Ryan Rosillo, who now hosts the Ryan Rosillo Show on ESPN Two. He was my co-host for a while in Boston, and then I just was a fill-in host at ESPN Radio for a while. I started doing the the Sports Center updates, and then got an audition to move over to ESPN.com doing TV from radio, and then. Really haven't done much radio since like 2007. But oh, I okay. Do you know Toucher and Rich? Those guys are friends of mine in Boston. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they're doing a great job up there. Yeah, they had to switch. They were like a kind of a crazy morning show. They were on when I was on there with Obi and Anthony, and then they wound up uh, going all sports. I think whatever the station was, which I should remember, I don't, uh, flipped to all sports, and those guys, or it became like the home of the Patriots, so they just kind of stayed on and did sports, which is a uh, tremendous adjustment. Yeah, 98.5, the Sports Hub. They're crushing it. Is it called the Sports Hub? Yep. Wow. When, buddy, when did you try jujitsu? You said you just recently tried it. Oh man, I was hoping we could get out of here without having <laughs> a jujitsu conversation. So, <laughs> so Marcos Damata Pahumpa, head jujitsu coach at American Top Team, ha- has trained me a couple times down here. I've probably been to five or six classes, and uh, you know I don't love it, Jim. I'll be honest, man. Like I, if I could go play golf or tennis or play basketball, I'd rather do that. Um, and even too, as a UFC commentator, like when the fight hits the canvas. Dana White's not looking for a bunch from me, right? That is Rogan's wheelhouse yeah. and everybody else's wheelhouse. So it's not that it's hugely beneficial for me as a commentator, maybe not as beneficial as people think. But, dude, I just got to get tougher. I got to build more muscle in my hips. I feel like I'm not strong enough and I'm being taken advantage of by a lot of white belts right now. So I got to build my <laughs> core strength and I got I to gotta get my lazy ass back in there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, are you just jumping in the class? Are you having any – are you just – they threw you right in the fryer? I mean – Well, yeah, I mean, dude. Like, I'm doing hip escapes, I'm sucking wind, you know, I'm drinking Gatorade on the curb after yeah. doing, like, too many flips over my head. I just, you know, it's just very foreign to me. I want to I wanna work with you, buddy. I, seriously, I'm nothing, I listen, I'm not going to fucking strangle you or anything. I, You're my buddy. What I'll do is, I mean, you start <laughs> off with just some basic, just understanding, like, we'd go over just an elbow escape, a couple ways out of mount, you get into guard, what do we do here? The best, the first thing you do is learn how to take advantage of, of, of gifts when guys try to pin you down. Yeah. So, in other words, you can just learn basic scissor sweeps into maintaining mount, or if a guy's leaving the arms out, how to get around them for an arm lock, arm lock and manipulate the balance. It shouldn't be this strenuous for you right now. You should. I when my guys when guys first come into my schools, I don't even let them roll live. It's one thing if they had a young kid and they have a wrestling background or something, but I usually don't let them roll live for at least two weeks until they get acquainted with the the techniques and the moves and what their objectives are when they're yeah. rolling. They're not just saying, "All right, guys, uh, slap hands and." And, and try to strangle each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when guys really get just turned off because they start getting abused. Well, I'm not saying I you're getting do abused. It and I want to commit yeah. to doing it every week, you know, because I think that's really going to be the key, if not yeah. twice a week. I guess what I just don't understand is like if, if, if you guys teach me a Kimura escape, right? Yeah. I come back a week later, I have no idea all of the steps to... Yeah to execute that move a week later. Like, I can't commit any of this shit to memory. Yeah, it has, it all starts, like, it's like all starts with the foundation. So what I do, when I start, before guys get allowed to take their gi off, they have to get four stripes, but each stripe, they have to really learn, 
like I said about accepting gifts. Right. It's forget about the guy that knows how to pass the guard. What about a guy that just thinks he's doing great on top of you? He's not trying to pass. He's trying to crush. He's trying to flatten. How to use your feet and the hips to take away the the, the weight? How just how to manipulate the balance? Just how, it just how the way the body moves down there. Yeah. Uh, compared to knowing the escape of a Kimura, you know, I don't know. Listen, I, I can get into. See what I let me ask you if this is right. What I do is it. Oh shit! Guys on top, man, get him in butterfly guard. I push him off to throw the elbow up, boom, and then while he's up in the air, reeling for my elbow, I spin around completely and hit him with the elbow again. That's how. Uh, I when I you're on your butt, yeah, on your, on yeah I'm on my back. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, you know. All right, show me, show That's me, right. show me another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what I do. No, but I John, throw karate I mean, chops from the bottom. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> I'm gonna seriously, dude. We're gonna get together, and I'll, I'll, I'll seriously, I'll have, make you really. You'll enjoy it. I, I, th- I really feel you enjoy it. I was gonna show Jimmy before, but he starts saying creepy things. He didn't like my, my, uh, my particular, my, my concern. So we didn't do it. Huh. Yeah. Well, right. hey, just don't be ripping any Kimoras. I try to get Matt to make these ripping Kimora T-shirts, and he won't. I think, I yeah, think Matt I, loves a good Kimora. Yeah, I was gonna. St- I'm thinking about doing some stuff with that. You, you know, John, you may remember this. Who's the fucking fight? Who's the fight that Ngannou did that to? Where he, the standing where he just threw the guy. It was a brutal. F- I, I, f- I think, think it, was it Anthony Hamilton. Yeah, it might have been. It was a right. violent yeah, force Kimora. That? That's why he's the. Uh, he's great. Guy. I knew he's to ask him. I knew you wouldn't know. I know I wouldn't know. I got the memory of a fucking goldfish. What do you think of Ngannou Overeem since uh, uh, JDS dropped out? Well, I love the fact that Overeem willingly stepped up to take this fight because I think it's a very dangerous one for him. And this really is a, a different version of Overeem, right? I think his best performance was against Junior Dos Santos. And I think if he does that, technically sticking and moving, uh, he can realize some success. But man, I mean, this Ngannou, I just think, is a freak on a totally different level. He basically has the entire UFC Performance Institute staff <laughs> to himself like five days a week so <laughs> I mean I think he's a future UFC champion I, I think his ceiling is that and, and I, I hope eventually they close the door behind him and Stipe is, is he like and again, I love him is he a skilled enough guy because you know again Overeem's older and he's had some wars but Overeem has seen guys that hit like trucks before he's seen guys that box well he has seen every single variety of a fighter you can see mm. And he's seen them, I think, get a couple different uh, weight classes, if I'm correct. Yeah. Whereas Nganu has seen guys, but he has not seen anybody, I don't think, of Overeem's caliber. 100%. Yeah, no, it's a huge step up. I think Overeem's going to have to kick him in the head, though, and separate him from consciousness, right? He's going to have to find a way to test that chin. And, and there's always a thing, too, when you fight a fighter like Nganu, he might have one pro loss early in his career by submission. But when you fight a guy like that who's never been knocked out, these guys who bring with them the confidence of a fighter who's never been knocked out or who's never lost a fight, they don't recognize that they're human. And if anybody can, you know, get that leg up and make you feel real human, it's Alistair Overeem. So it's a good fight. I, uh, I'm just excited to, to see where Ngannou can take this thing because skill for skill, he's not nearly where he's going to be in the future. But right. getting this type of intensive training and individualized attention in Vegas for this guy uh, is definitely the recipe for success. So we'll see. Well, I believe Overeem definitely has you know his shot standing up because he's sure. got so much experience like you were saying johnny with bringing that leg up but i also feel or kicking in ganu's legs but yeah but he, that's uh, the strikes all together again he, he has but but you have to watch out for francis coming oh. back with those those mitts but we have never have we ever seen francis on his back ever um, no no even when he when he went again when he went down for that camor i think it's the only time i've seen yeah. him on the ground at all yeah but 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 I'm sorry, Jimmy. I just kicked you. I just fucking Overeem kicked your foot. But I believe that uh, Overeem's a very smart fighter. Yes, and he has the ability of getting that fight down. He's done it before. 
and uh, he gets on top. I mean, I, that's a that's a question that we what's yet to be uh, asked or I, answered. You're 100 percent right. You know, we've never seen him on his back or even really threatened there. Now we got a guy who knows how to put it together. If he ends up on top, I want to. That's I want to see how that goes. Down. He throws a couple of kicks at Ngannou's legs, or he gets. I don't think Francis had to deal with that yet. So I, again, you have to look at Overeem just being. But then again, Overeem has been knocked out before too. That button's been pushed. So then, so, why not try to force it, get that fight to the floor? Yeah, I agree. I, that's I agree. what I would do if I was him. I also think these guys like Francis Ngannou, and maybe to a lesser extent, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, like these guys get you on your back, and they have that old school throwback, like break your face open type of power, right? So I just feel like, I don't feel like if Obreem gets Ngannou on his back, he's going to be able to keep him there. And reciprocally, heaven forbid, you get underneath Francis Ngannou. You know, I, I guess Stipe, I think, would be have a good chance to get back up. But I think most of these guys, they get buried underneath Francis Ngannou. Fight's going to be over in short order. Although, I don't know. I, Overeem may have enough skills to get out of there or to, or to hold him and lock him up. I, I, I don't know. He showed skills. He's got a very good guillotine. And... Uh, and he's he's dangerous on top, man, because he knows what to watch out for. And if over if Francis is just trying to get up, it could it could he might wind up giving up his, his fucking his, neck. Yeah, his, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm again. I mean, when is that fight? By the way, I, that's in Detroit, December seventh or second. Second. Okay, yeah, December the second. So listen, man. It's always good. it's actually always good. It's great talking to you, John. I'm a big fan. I think you do a tremendous job. I I, I enjoy hearing. Oh, before we let you go, why did Brian Stan leave? That, did you know that was coming or no? He said it was like insurance or some shit. Yeah, I did know it was coming for probably three or four months, but oh. it still hit me pretty hard, you know, and I'll try to keep this as quick as possible, Jim and Matt, but I, you know, I feel like we don't realize this was one of the preeminent broadcasters in all of professional sports, and he's not going to get the credit for what he accomplished because it was a very short window, yeah. but he became one of the best, most prepared sports analysts that had ever done it. But no, he he always had greater aspirations, I think, beyond mixed martial arts. He He was hired as the COO of a very profitable private equity real estate investment trust that uh, they have they've entrusted him with a lot of responsibility. He's probably going to have 800 people underneath him within the next two years. And it's no secret that he has often talked about a run in politics, maybe wow. trying to get a Senate seat in Georgia and parlay that to the Oval Office. And people are probably laughing us off the air right now. But I can assure you, if he goes down a senatorial path in the state of Georgia, he will only do it if he thinks there's a chance he can be president of the United States. Well, isn't Brian, I mean, he's an ex-fighter, obviously. Wasn't he ex-military as well? Yeah, he went to the Navy, played football Navy, and then uh, went on to become a, a decorated U.S. Marine captain. Yeah, a real, a real fucking solid guy. Oh, he's great. Combat guy. sports, a great announcer. He seems like a great history. He's a dignified guy. I don't think that's crazy at all, actually. He's a great fighter, too, by the way. He's yeah. great fights. Yeah, so we'll miss him, but... Uh I'm excited to see, you know, what he can do, and I can ride his coattails. He told me, I absolutely cannot be chief of staff, but he said maybe press secretary. So <laughs> Look, we'll I'll vote for anybody that I've interviewed, just like I say I've interviewed the right. president. That's what a whore I am, so whoever runs. <laughs> uh, all right, John, listen, man, great talking to you, buddy, and uh, hopefully I'll get to meet you at an event because I, I enjoy your work. Yeah, Thank Johnny. you, Jim. Thank you, Matty. Hope to see you guys soon. I listen every week. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care, pal. Thanks, see Johnny. You. Bye. I, like, nice guy. I, like, I always like Yeah, I didn't know he was a Boston guy, too. They're really they're usually psychopaths. Boston guys are crazy. But he's a good dude. He's always been a good dude, man. I, I hang out with him at, at events, and uh, I like Johnny a lot. So what do we have this before we go? We have uh, the... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm looking for... When, when's the next fight, Chris, the producer? This weekend, uh, man. Yeah, this coming weekend, 10 p.m. Eastern on and Fox we're, Sports. We're talking to Leona Machida in a couple of days. It's Brunson Machida is the... Uh, 
is the uh, main event. And Tell of course, me about that really quick, the co-main. Uh, Colby Covington against Damian Maya. That's that, a great fight. Oh, just, let's just leave it. We just leave it right there. And just, oh, you want to read off more, you can. But that? Jim Miller's fighting uh, Trinaldo. Yeah, I do I do actually want to point out the John Lineker-Marlon Vera fight. That could yep. be a fight of the night. Yeah, wow. that's the first fight. Wow. Wow. That is the first fight on the main card. Yeah. Now this this is a great this is a great card, man, and we're going to talk more about it on uh, Wednesday next, next, yeah, uh, or Thursday. Thursday yeah. Huh? Uh, Come again? No, I, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Jimmy, I had a great time. You want to plug anything? Yeah, just go see me uh, again. I got uh, Los Angeles, the Roxy coming up, New York, Philadelphia, Long Island. I am everywhere on my Strong sh- Island. Sure. Yes. Where? You By can my come school? in Huntington. You can come. Oh, I got a school in Huntington. Do you really? I bring some students. SarahBJJ.com. I know. I, I talked to a, one of your students last I, time I was there. I got to get a new uh, a new website, Jimmy. All right, we'll get yeah, one. It's a little, a little lemony. I got right. to get it. I got to get it upgraded. Okay. People want to know about t-shirts. Yeah. I don't know. Train jujitsu, people. That's all I got to yeah. say. If you're watching YouTube, check out Dana White looking for a fight. Don't think we're done. We'll be back with that. And also, I, I, you know, just. This, this this show I like to always plug. I love this show but I'm plugging I'm I'm, I'm preaching to the uh, choir yeah. Yeah. yeah all right Jimmy thank you guys we'll see you in a couple of days Matt it's been a pleasure oh always Jimmy yeah bye Chris bye 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 guys. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.